2: It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Two weeks to go until the real stuff starts. We can't wait. Today I'm joined by John Lane, Rob from his Rubenstein YouTube channel and Adam Widgerton to talk through what Newcastle United have to do next season to improve. We're going to get specific. We're going to get particular. And first of all, I'm going to remind you, of course, we're on Patreon. Three to eight pounds a month. Come and join us. Nearly 1,000 others on there allow us to make, well, Loads of podcasts each week on that platform only. Come and join us. It's an exciting season. We've got Craig Hope, Warren Barton, Keith Gillespie, Mark Douglas coming up before the season starts. And of course, we have a live podcast preview at the stand Thursday, 10th of August. Tickets still available, already 200 sold. Come and join me, Charlotte, Keith Downey, Craig Hope, and Mark Douglas, and maybe one other as we preview the most exciting season in years. Rob, I'll start with you, mate, since you're directly opposite, and that's how my brain works. Newcastle United, next season, what do you think classifies as a good season?
3: It's John, but thanks. Um, I think a good season for me is that we're, we're still challenging and we're still like up at the top end of the table. Um, I'd love us to finish in the top four and I think that's what the club is striving to do. Um, but I'd also love us to have a really good cup run. I'd love us to get to the knockout stages of the Champions League. Um, and part of me thinks, are we going to struggle with that? Um, that's that's the way I look at it I think there's a lot to go in uh, to get there Um, but for me top six would definitely be a successful season so long as we've had the good cup run so long as we get to the knockout stages of the Champions League
4: yeah you make a, a great point there which is basically that for me you have to look at more than just one thing it's not just the league so for example if we went and won the first cup in a very long time. Then does the league come second? Where do you where do you feel about that? But generally speaking, we've gone and got Champions League, and to do that again has to be the aim. Having said that, I think I will give Eddie Howe as much rope as he needs this season, and that if it doesn't go quite as well as everyone hopes, I'm not going to throw my my toys out the pram. So I would I would go ahead and agree that I think some sort of European football next season. As we continue to build, would be a good season for us. I think for me, it's what we need to do
5: is just maintain, and it, it's less about where do we exactly finish in the league. For me, it's about maintaining the performance levels that we've seen over the last eighteen months and showing that it's that we can evolve with with a few new players sprinkled in, but that ultimately how ball is alive. It's still very very effective. It's still threatening and that we can really cause some very good teams lots of problems. I think I subscribe, you know, for me, it's less about the domestic cups this season, which sounds mental, I know, which seems like I'm, 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 I'm you know, being a, a, a very entitled Newcastle fan, delusional, if you will. But I think it, it's about making an impact in the Champions League, whatever that means. Even if that means we go out third and we end up in the Europa League or whatever, I want to be noticed in the Champions League. I want Newcastle to have a story some sort of narrative in Europe that I've, that makes everyone take up you know take a moment to sit up and notice that Newcastle United are back on the biggest stage and hopefully it'll be the first of many many appearances in the Champions League for the years to come
2: very interesting as it seems to me like kind of more of the same is what as what you think is success Newcastle have done unbelievably well to do what they did to to bridge the enormous gap that was in front of them And essentially, if they do it again, you think that'll be successful. It's very hard to disagree with that. I think if Newcastle United become a regular Champions League club for, say, the next three seasons, that transforms the club commercially, financially, and also in terms of its reputation as well across Europe and across the world. That's massive. But I'm going to go one better than that. I think that what you guys have said there is fine. I think that's a fine season. I don't think any Newcastle fan probably... Is 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 gonna say oh, for fuck's sake? Champions League again? Lads, fourth place again? This is not, not going to happen realistically. Um, but my view is that whilst that would constitute some some sort of success, I think Eddie Howe in particular and the owners, to be fair, you can't relentlessly say you want to be number one, you want to win the league, you want to win the Champions League. Well, you can't actually. You can say it and finish top four again because you, you move closer to it. But I just think that Eddie Howe will be looking at that top two this season thinking, how do we bridge that gap? And and therefore, if you do that, you automatically achieve the objectives that you guys have just talked about. So it's not really a disagreement in that terms. But I think in top five will likely get Champions League next season. It's not confirmed at the minute, but it's very, very likely in terms of England's coefficient in, in, in the UEFA rankings, whatever they're called. Um, so fifth place could get your Champions League and, and achieve the objective you guys have talked about. And I, and I think, again, most fans and the club would be happy with that. But then I also feel if you look at like everything Newcastle United are doing, it's it's a striving for improvements on and off the pitch. And I just think that there's no way kind of our whole mantra, I know people say it's intensity is our identity, but it's don't take a step back. It's you go one-nil down to Manchester City at St. James's Park, don't take a step back. You, you know, you you have a, a a tough spell through the season, don't take a step back. And I just think the players relentlessly get better under Eddie Howe. We've had a very good in my opinion transfer window under under Howe so far with possibly more to come. Um we're going to have Alexander Isak available for a full season rather than just kind of 25 games as he was last season if that really in terms of being fully fit. I just think that if Newcastle could push their points total toward 80 points for example, you might still get fourth. Unlikely, but you could in theory you could still get that but the I feel like they want that improvement so that if Newcastle finish fourth next season or third next season on 80 points and still still quite a way behind the top two, whoever the top two are, then you look ahead to the next season and actually, all right, to get to 90 points and start actually, well, you can win a Premier League with 90 points, no problem at all. It's a much smaller gap, whereas if you're kind of standing still, which, again, I'll repeat, still constitutes a form of success for Newcastle United as they are right now in terms of their, bid, their budget, their playing staff, they're off the pitch infrastructure, that, that is success. But I think particularly Eddie Howe wants to move closer to those, those teams at the top. And as, if, if, you're com- if you're not moving backwards, you're not standing still and you continue improving,
3: sky's the limit almost about what you can achieve. Who wants to disagree? I don't disagree. I think um, from an Eddie Howe perspective, I totally agree with you. There's absolutely no way that that man goes into work and says, right, how can I make sure that we finish um, in the Premier League next year? You know, how do I make sure we survive? Um, he's looking and saying, right, we finished fourth last year. This is how many points we got. How are we going to score more goals? How are we are going to concede less? And it's all about driving that. But I don't necessarily think that'll always translate to us achieving that. Um, Villa, I think, are one to look at. I think they're potentially a real big outsider. Um, because look at what Emery did in that time. It feels very Newcastle at the end of 21-22. Um, so who knows?
5: I think what I will say is that there is a lot of opportunity with the teams that we're going to be facing off uh, against next season for Champions League places. There's a lot of those teams in flux uh, who are in transition, who are need to establish themselves again. There's a few clubs there who have underperformed that need to, there'll be a lot of pressure um, right, you know, from the hierarchy right down through the clubs um, that they need to perform and they need to get Champions League. Because, I mean, Liverpool, can they afford to miss out on Champions League again? Probably not. Um, Spurs, Kane looks on the verge of leaving. They're going to have to address that situation. It's a new manager. It's a completely new club. Uh, Pochettino, Chelsea have come in. There's, there, are, there is opportunity, I think, for Newcastle because w- what gives me hope, Alex, is the fact that Newcastle United players know exactly what they're doing. They know what the club is. They know what the identity is. They know what the culture is. They know what the playing style is. They know what they're supposed to do. And I think that gives us an advantage, gives us a head start on a lot of these other clubs who's still trying to figure a lot of that out.
2: Rob, do you think there's an argument to say Newcastle United could improve substantially and still finish either where they finished or lower because of the, some of the clubs Adam talked about there becoming much better?
4: Yeah, I, I think it is it is a possibility. I mean, nothing's guaranteed in the Premier League. You saw that with the other teams that we went past last season. You know, everyone would have said at the start of last season that top 10 was possibly a good a good season. And did Chelsea, Liverpool and some of these teams expect us to rise up and... Take that Champions League spot from them. No, is it possible that we go into this season and some of those teams try and do the same to us? Is is yes? Is the answer? And I think it is a an interesting one because we're sitting here right now before the season's even started, and I'm saying, well, you know, if, we're, if we finish top six, that's still a good effort. Will I feel the same way when we're playing Barcelona in the Champions League? And I'm and I'm sitting there going, hang on a second, we we have to be doing this again, and we have to be improving. I'm trying to be realistic as a fan. To after so many tough years, to not go into a season going, well, we've got to do this and we've got to do that. We've, we've sat and had a lot of rubbish for a long time, and I don't want to suddenly outstep my bounds of what I feel like maybe I should be saying. But the reality is, is I think a lot of Newcastle fans, once we are playing those Champions League nights, definitely won't want to see it let go of. Fair enough.
2: Fair enough. Um, y- you are, you are right. And what, what the club? doesn't want definitely is like a sense of deflation because it's so mental at the minute the demand for tickets the demand for memberships which we'll come on to later that if you have a season and again this is this is an an argument put forward um by people i see on social media and i I don't have the full reasons behind them because it's just a fucking tweet at the end of the day so i don't want to be like hypercritical um and like you know not understand fully the argument which which i don't but people saying like top eight next season would be such a deflating step back from the Intense forward momentum that the club has right now I, ju- I just feel like the, f- the fan base as a whole would be very very disappointed having said that like you said earlier um, or one of you said earlier about you know I don't think people would turn against Eddie Howe I don't think people would, would say widespread changes are needed but I, c- I always come back to this Bruno Gamares, Sandro Tonali Alexander Isak, and Sven Botman as kind of the four big signing key to players you just don't take them to the football club by saying we might finish in the top four, but then then the aim will be top eight. Season after, football just doesn't work like that. Football doesn't wide that way, particularly world-class ones like they are. We'll leave it there then for, for part one of the show. Going to play a couple of adverts now. Um, these shows go on our Patreon platform ad-free, and it's just £3 a month for that tier. If you want to listen to them without the adverts, come and join us. We'd love to have you along back after this.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to
2: talk now about what Newcastle United have to do this season on the pitch to improve, and we've kind of talked in part one about what that improvement might end up looking like but I think there's always a consensus in football you should be moving forward as a team you should be working on the things you're bad at and improving the things that you're good at Newcastle United fortunately for us are good at lots and lots of things John why don't you take us away mate then what do you think Newcastle United have to do next season?
3: Really simple score more goals Um, we had an XG of 80.7 in the Premier League last year and scored 68 so that says to me on paper we're not converting enough chances um, I do think that a lot has been done to try and address that, though. I think, um, pardon the the cliche, but you know, Anthony Gordon looks like he's going to be like a new signing uh, in the summer. Um, he's had a great Euros. I think he's looked really sharp in um, the uh, pre-season games that we've seen. And the thing with that competition is that should drive improvement for everyone else. I think bringing Harvey Barnes in, he brings goals, he brings assists. Um, you know, he looks like he's going to be really exciting, um, but also... There's so much competition up that part of the the field. And I think because of that, you know, Wilson can't rest on his laurels or Isak can't rest on their laurels because there's always that competition there. You're always going to be driving that and that should drive more goals. But it's those chances and converting them and we just need to be more clinical.
2: Totally agree. And if you look at Newcastle's defence last season, brilliant. Joint second or joint best, sorry, with Manchester City in the league. So there ain't loads to do there. If you look at the end of the season, they're probably a little bit more lax defensively than they had been in the, the kind of opening two thirds. But that's okay; uh, they still achieved their objective quite quite easily in the end. But if you look at that goals tally, um, only Villa and Man United scored less in the top eight. than Newcastle, Brighton outscored us. Spurs were dogshit outscored us. Um, and obviously Man City and Arsenal And Liverpool outscored us and that, So I agree with you If Newcastle United want to move closer to those top two Or, or improve as a side If you've already got the defence sword Which it looks like they do Bit of conversation about the left back Still rumbles on over the summer Which is probably a bit unfair and Dan Byrne But you have to score more One of the interesting things to me Will be where those goals come from Because Alexander Isak played through the middle his, his goals I think he has 10 in 13 starts when he plays as the lone striker for Newcastle, which is an absurd statistic. Um, They've got rid of Alistair Maxman, who was a lot of things, but he wasn't goals, didn't score regularly for Newcastle, and they've brought in Harvey Barnes, which, who, who is just a statistics player. Yeah, he, he'd probably go large parts through games next season, Barnes, where he doesn't do loads, but he scores. He's like it's almost like a striker playing on the wing. Thoughts, lads, who wants to come in?
5: I was going to mention... You know i really like gordon to come in and, and i've been really really impressed with him this summer as well um and you know carrying on from the momentum of that goal away at chelsea at the end of last season he's just gone from strength to strength he's looked really really sharp but what i will say and one of the one of my concerns when we signed him or we're certainly going for him um was his his output his his goals and assists contribution and now he has he seems to have all the other ingredients that you would want in a kind of fluid, progressive attacking player. He can play right across the front line, he can interchange, he can beat a, beat a man with searing pace, but we need that end product. And I don't doubt that he's that he's got it in his locker and Eddie's the best person to bring that out of him. Um, but I would be cautious about maybe expecting too much in terms of you know tangible goal contributions from Anthony Gordon straight away, as much as I think he's certainly looking more up to speed Uh, with the rest of the team. I think I'm just a bit cautious on that point.
4: I think Isak as well, as you mentioned, is going to be massive next season. He played pretty much half a season with an injury, a head injury was was unavailable at times. And um, Alex, when you spoke earlier about the the key players as part of the team, it was interesting that you mentioned Isak over Wilson. And Wilson last season was actually the man who scored the goals. But I think a lot of people now are starting to turn their attention to Isak and actually thinking... You know, if we gave this guy a full season playing almost every game, those, you know, playing double the amount of games, all of a sudden that's an extra five, six, seven, eight, maybe even as many as ten goals next season. That that takes a lot of pressure off a lot of players. I think we look around a lot when Wilson was potentially injured or was unavailable, hang on, we need goals all around the pitch because somebody needs to help out. You know, Man City doesn't look around and go, oh, hang on, who's going to score? Because you know Holland's going to get 40. If Isak suddenly getting 20, 20, 25 goals a season, it takes a lot of pressure off of the players. So not to put the pressure on Isak, but him having a good season would be a big help for us.
3: Yeah, and I, I, th- I would play Isaac through the middle. Um, I wouldn't play him on the left. Um, I don't think that's where he's best. Um, but I also think, to your point before, Adam, about um, Anthony Gordon and his output, um, look at what Miguel Miron last summer um, and what he then did with you know amazing, good coaching, what, what it can do. Anthony Gordon's had that this summer He's looked sharp um, I think his output's going to be really, really interesting To keep an eye on I'm dreaming 50 goals between Isaac Wilson Shea, Fernandez Now they were playing <laughs> together in the same
2: team And I absolutely do not want that to happen <laughs> um, I do not want to say Isaac on that left-hand side Even though he's very good there Even though Isaac is very good on the left Tortures players I just need him in the box scoring goals though um, But if, you know, Wilson will play a lot How we'll have to rotate And there are a lot of fixtures. So all competitions, 50 goals for me, Isaac Wilson, that's that's kind of the season from heaven.
5: I think what is really mouth-watering is the idea that you've got a front line of Harvey Barnes, Alexander Isak, and Anthony Gordon on the right just interchanging, causing havoc, and their movement, their pace, the technique, and you'd like to think clinical finishing as well is going to be incredibly difficult for Premier League defences to deal with. I think that is probably... Eddie's dream (laughs) sort of sort of front three going into this season potentially I don't think that's necessarily how he's going to start the season I think that's what he's going to try and aim for but it's a very very tantalizing exciting front line indeed
2: the goals thing um is is probably the most obvious area I think so I I agree with you because it's an area that they can look at and think what can we do better to last season okay we need to take take our chances more we need to create more we need more from certain individuals like I said they've done that they've almost they've almost just added goals in, in Barnes for ASM even though it's probably not that straightforward because they ended in start loads last season and um I think the you know, Amaran point is a really good one I also think Tonali comes in and should and expect him to score far more than Sean tra- tra- Longstaff assuming that that's the upgrade in that formation Tonali comes in for Longstaff in a first team you y- I'd expect Tonelli to get five goals across his career so far. He's capable of scoring goals more than Longstaff has been, so there's already an upgrade there. If Joe Linton and Willock are playing left, you're going to get more goals there, and then hopefully you can get a few more from Bruno to kind of match what he did in the first season. The centre-backs as well owe us goals. They're brilliant, and I love them, but the the amount of... I'll I'll, hoi Danburn in with with them as well. The amount of free headers they got their head to and hit the crossbar, the keeper makes a great save, or goes wide. There's goals there. Newcastle do create chances from corners. We'll move on, though, to my point, which is, I think, Newcastle this season, to improve and push towards that kind of 80-point mark, have to be more ruthless against the bottom 10 sides in the Premier League. Newcastle picked up 40 points last season against the league's bottom 10. Crystal Palace downward, okay? That's good. For Newcastle United, that's good. 40 points is a lot of points. But Arsenal picked up 48. Man United, who were rubbish, I thought, last season, even though they finished above us, Picked up 48 points. So they, they, they've, they've done us there. they finished above us, Man United, on the strength of their performance against the bottom 10 teams. Eight points, a lot of points across Premier League season. Man City, obviously, are nuts and picked up 53. It's pretty much the difference between Man City and Arsenal there, almost. Like Arsenal can look at all they want against the two fixtures against City. But the, the, the left, um, five points out there um, against, uh, for, for Man City against the bottom 10. And if we look at last season... The amount of games where you thought Newcastle weren't great, there they weren't great. So okay, Villa away they were, they were poor for that by their standards. I still think game could have gone differently, but that Villa deserve to win. No no qualms. Played Liverpool home and away, played well on both. Played Man City away, got beat. Played well, played Arsenal at home. Probably weren't at their best, but could have been very different. Still hit the post twice, I think, and had a, you know c- could have been different. So those games fine. Bottom 10 last season, there were a lot of fixtures there where you're like, Bournemouth Bournemouth home and away. Um, Newcastle weren't at the best. Could have won both. Probably didn't deserve to win either. Maybe Bournemouth at home. Palace at home, Joe Willock goes goal. Leeds at home, poor. Leeds away, poor. West Ham at home, poor. Newcastle was sensational across so many of the fixtures that they weren't a disaster in any of these games, but by the high standards they set themselves, they underperformed. And that underperformance cost them dearly in terms of not in terms of the overall season objective but they, they really should have finished third in in, that, in my opinion um, so I think Newcastle United have got to approach those fixtures with almost I don't want to say a different mindset because it's a what the fuck do I know about the mindset of elite Premier League footballers and their coaching staff nothing but in terms of how to start a game I'm thinking of that Bournemouth away game Newcastle start terribly now every time Newcastle play at home, or nearly every time Newcastle play at home, they start like a house on fire. What's going on there? Why Why the difference in setup? Why the difference in intensity? Um, Newcastle start against West Ham at home. They do that very well. Uh, they then drop off, let West Ham into the game, then dominate after. There's just a few, it seems like, mentality things, a few kind of game management issues. Newcastle are much, much better than these sides. These sides deserve respect and have good players, particularly in the... Case of West Ham, even Leicester, when the company cast on the last day of the season and don't cross the halfway line for seventy minutes, Leicester still got good players, and they went down. Uh, we try to sign two of them, um, but ultimately, I just feel like next season, if, if 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 you've hit it, John, we've got to score more. I think we'll score more. We've got to approach those fixtures against the bottom ten with the same intensity that we do against the top sides. Now, Newcastle's record against the top sides last season weren't great, but that's okay because they're very very good. Newcastle's record against 10th to 6th s- is superb. They win every single fixture apart from Brighton away and Villa away. The rest of the games they win. It's it's an outrageous record that. Better than anyone else in the league in fact against those sides. But but against Liverpool they got they get no points. Against Man City they they pick up one. They get four against Man United. Um That's not a lot of points and and i could sit here and say you got to do better against those teams but those teams are better those teams are better than us predominantly okay or were last season this bottom 10 i want carnage i want i want us to do close to what liverpool did season 21-22 how many games do you think liverpool or how many points do you think liverpool dropped against the bottom 10 21 22 lads zero zero they picked up 60 points from those 10 sides Still win the league by the way, lost it by a point to Manchester City. But <laughs> but but and I'm not suggesting Newcastle are as good as that Liverpool side because they're not and probably won't be this season. But that's what you gotta do. That 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 the the absolute um crux of a successful tilt at the top two or third place in the Premier League improvement is your results against those two sides. And Newcastle didn't get what they deserved last season against a lot of those sides.
5: I think what gives me encouragement, Alex, is the fact that yeah, we w- we went through that season against those teams who sat in deep, made life difficult for us. The low blocks that we just couldn't penetrate, couldn't get around, or we maybe did get around and create chances, but we just didn't finish them. I think what we now have is far more variety in our attacking options. So you've got Harvey Barnes who likes to dribble less, but he likes a one-two. You've got um, Isak coming in for the left, for example, if that's where he's going to be. Who can who can dribble? You've got Miggy Almiron who's an inverted winger on the on, on the on the right hand side, but then you've got. Gordon who's a right footer on that right-hand side is another option so it's almost like we've got we've got mini plan Bs in terms of our you know Isak and Wilson are different strikers as well so we it feels like we do have the the ammunition and the resource to throw different things at defenses who are going to cause us problems um and we can we can approach each individual game with maybe a different combination of players that we think are going to unlock their defense so i think you're right. We need to get better at it, and I think teams wised up to that's how you might be able to scrape a draw at St James's Park last season. But you're absolutely right, Alex. We need to be more ruthless. We need to we need to not be in that position where we are just left frustrated by a pretty mediocre side. We need to be proactive. We need to take them, you know, put them to the sword and make things happen ourselves. But I do think we have that variety now.
3: I was going to um, just coming on that, Adam. I, I think the I think the key thing is I think Eddie Howe's probably been. Um, you know, we know what he's like. He likes to work. Um, he'll be looking at those games, and that'll be—I think—that's going to be the big question he's going to be asking. Actually, how do we break these sides down? What what do we need to do differently because something didn't work at Bournemouth or at home or away? Something didn't work against Leeds, and, and these weren't great sides. Obviously, Leeds went down, couldn't break down Leicester, who you know finished in 19th or 18th for a reason. You know, so um, they're they're going to be the questions that he's already looking to answer. And I think you know, you've touched on a really a few really good reasons why you know the, the way that the, the squad's bulked out um to, to create our competition but also there's different opportunities
4: i think you used the word intensity and i think that's a, it's a great word to use and i don't want to give the lads a get out of free jail card on some of these games where maybe we should have done better here i should have done better there but it, it was clear to see last season when it was against you know one of the top four or whoever were playing at st james's park the intensity was there there was no questions asked it didn't matter if they played a game three days ago or a week ago or whether they had a break. It didn't matter. The intensity was automatically there. I think last season we had a lot of games where we played the same 11, 12, 13 players three times in a week. And to play two big games in a row and then go on a long trip down to Bournemouth or wherever they're going and and ask to be at that same level again for the third time that week is is an ask. Um they are professional players who have played a lot of money and they should be able to give themselves the intensity without having 52,000 fans screaming their name. But I would still say that I felt like at times we looked like when it had been a long week, we were we struggled to get up for it. Hang on, we've conceded in the first five minutes. Oh dear, that now gives us the intensity that we're looking for to go, crap, we need to do it. Um, I'm hoping that going into this season, with the addition of an additional players, that will allow players to rotate and the competition for places will increase intensity among the team naturally. But I think that was one thing that maybe gave us a bit of a struggle at times last season.
2: Should we move on to your point then, Rob, which kind of ties into this, which is draws, you want to see less of them.
4: Yeah, um, that was it. I, th- I think asking for improvements on-, on last season, as you say, is tough because we-, we did so well. But I think one thing that we did see a lot of, as you say... Is play in certain games where maybe we didn't quite get off to the start we wanted to, or coming closer at the end of the game, people are scratching their heads and going, "Hang on, we we've done so well in so many games this season, but for for whatever reason, we've just haven't been able to work this one out." The game's closing down at the finish. Where's Eddie Howe's changes? We haven't done anything. There's still ten minutes to go. We're still playing the first team eleven. And I think Plan B was spoken about a lot last season. And I think it's something that I would like to see some improvement on this season. I think going out and obviously buying new players will add to that. You talk about Anthony Gordon. Can he be part of the plan B? Can Harvey Barnes be part of the plan B? I think what Eddie Howe did was get the basics right from the start. He came in and said, right, we need to increase the intensity. We need to play a formation that everybody understands and everybody can do. And generally speaking, that plan A took us to Champions League football. But... Had we had a little more in our back pocket, could that have landed us in third, or could that have taken us that little bit further in the cup final that we got to? Just asking for that little bit more when maybe things aren't quite going to plan.
3: I do think that um, on that note, though, um, that towards the end of the season you saw more Plan B happening. Um, there was a few games; um, City uh, springs to mind, even though it didn't go well. Um, but you know, there was those three changes made. Uh, to totally change the front line to almost try and transform that. Um, so I think, and I, and I think the way that the the squad's building out and um, the the way that the rules allow you to, you know, with the substitutions, I think we're going to see more and more of, of that. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with your point. We need to draw less games. We need we need more wins, um, and that should hopefully be the thing that unlocks that.
4: The thing, um, the, the thing is, I'm hoping it'll it'll change naturally. And what you mentioned there about it happened more at the end of the season, I think it's because Eddie Howe possibly felt braver going into the end of the season at the start of the season where you don't know where you're going to end up oh should we just take that point there or should we risk it by throwing on three strikers and all of a sudden we've ended up losing so it's 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 something that we did more of you're definitely right but I think this season taking your chances early can end up paying off later in the season so I think that's a big point as well.
5: I think another approach as well, and it's been mentioned on this uh, pod as well, is is the kind of threat from set pieces as well. We have Kieran Trippier, who's one of the best crossers of a ball the Premier League's ever seen. And yet, we've, we've got we've got a really tall team as well, an intentionally tall team that we've assembled, and yet we don't necessarily score that many goals from set pieces. So in those games where there, there are low box blocks and we, we can't necessarily get through and you know, penetrate defences through open play then we need to get better at, at, at scoring goals from set pieces because we have all the ammunition there. It's ready and waiting for us. We just need to get those connections. And in fairness, there was a lot of goals that then came from, you know, second phases from set pieces and things like that. But I think more direct goals, for, there's just nothing more satisfying than a bullet header from a defender, isn't there, just to sort of break the deadlock. It's just really satisfying, uh, a big release. But I think we need to see more of that, definitely.
2: I think that the draws point is absolutely key and it ties into the, the goals points, well, Adam, you're spot on. If Newcastle can get an extra five set-piece goals next season, they don't really have to do much more to create those opportunities or get more set-piece situations around the box. Uh, if Isak plays through the middle, I'm convinced we'll get loads more penalties because teams don't know how to handle them. Um, there's maybe another... I'm pushing it here, but there's another 10. Better finishing, another 15. <laughs> Tenali's another five, another 20 goals. Now, you know There's your draws gone because those extra goals, if only it was so simple. Um, but I do, I do agree on the draws And, and the key thing about well, last season of course Newcastle Joint lowest defeats in the, in the league Alongside Manchester City Arsenal lost more games Man United comfortably lost more games Liverpool lost more games It's actually only kind of Gradual improvements in a few areas That should turn those draws into wins Because so many of them I'm only really thinking Bournemouth away Could, probably should have lost at Bournemouth away You know as Trippier clears the ball off the line In the last minute after a Dan Byrne mistake of the other draws, but did you know? I don't think necessarily maybe Arsenal, where you could argue Ar- Arsenal possibly could have won the game, and Newcastle passed the first opening 20 minutes, don't have that much to do, and it puts that much to do. So, isn't like a lot of those draws that work both ways, where you, or you, you take a point because you could have lost. Actually, Newcastle should have won at least 50% of those games, and all of a sudden, my 80 points is not looking too difficult, is it, lads? Yeah, um, Adam, your improvement on the pitch next season, please.
5: So this is gonna sound absolutely crazy to say, but I think I've seen defensive vulnerabilities. I mean, certainly over, over summer and it's mental because obviously we had the joint best defense in the Premier League last season, but that's also a full season that all the other teams together have to analyze about how we work. Um, obviously the, the the sweeping of Nick Pope is a huge part of what we do and allows us to push our defense quite high up into a high starting position. But as everybody knows what we're lacking his pace at the back. And I think we are certainly vulnerable, particularly to, to, to wide attacks. And I think, you know, just watching him preseason, I saw Chelsea do it, I saw Villa do it, um, I saw Brighton do it. And, you know, we, we know, say, look, look at Dan Byrne on the left, we know his limitations, he's got quite a bit, sort of big turning circle, um, doesn't necessarily have the, the the acceleration that you need. Trippier is not slow, but he's also not the fast as fast as he used to be either. So you you look at Cher as well, who isn't the fastest, and I think he's been done a bit. You know, I even saw us get beat um, for pace against Gateshead. Ball's over the top. Um, Yes, we had slightly more of a makeshift defence, but we've got to look at the whole squad. It's, It's not something that we necessarily possess, and while I absolutely assume that we will be bringing in a couple of more defensive additions, there has to be pace going in there because I think I worry every time we we, we see these players, um, these attacking wingers come come at us for the win. like. I remember even against Leeds at home, Willy Nonto sort of had tripped you a bit. He really, really did, and I, I was I was quite worried about that. You know, this this very high starting position, but we don't necessarily have that much recovery pace in that back four. As, as superb as they were, and this sounds like I'm I'm criticising. Well, I'm I'm literally criticising the joint best defence in, the, in, in the, <laughs> the league. But it's more <laughs> about preempting what I think. Is to come this season. I don't think, I don't think we're going to be able to do everything we we were able to do last season because people just know more about us and how we operate. So we need, we need pace at the back. We need more recovery pace alongside Botman. I, w- I would suggest. Um, I think pace isn't necessarily completely essential. It's not everything because it's all about positioning and and, and tactical knowledge and knowing where you need to stand at the right times and covering your, your teammates, looking out for danger, looking out for each other, which I think we have in spades. But it just worries me that that is how we're going to be exploited. And, you know, if you look at Man United at home last season, that 2-0, from that point onwards, we only we only kept one clean sheet for the rest of the season. That was the Leicester 0-0 draw. Um, so as much as we, we have a great defence, I can see plenty of reasons why teams might exploit that next season. And it just takes, you know, we're, we're talking about, oh, a couple of extra points here, a couple of if, ifs and buts, but if Cher had got injured last season at any point for even just sort of two, three months, where does that put us? Who could just, Lascelles come in and do the same job. Can we trust him to do that? Who else would, it's just, we were very, very limited in that respect in terms of our options. We've got loads going forward but at the back we I don't think we quite have that um, breadth and depth and that's 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 troubling for me
2: interesting Keen to get the, the, the thoughts of the lads uh, you know it's a great start there about the the lack of clean sheets after that man united game and it was no obviously noticeable i feel like there was a lot of errors do you know what i mean as much as the opposition harming us i think of like wolves at home which well, it was wolves at home before the man u game um probably but um you know, I, you know that was a that was like a calamitous error at the back. Forest away, calamitous error at the back, which is very unlike us, and we won both of those games. So I've forgotten about them almost. And um, you know, I think maybe a good game to to analyze to your point is Brentford away, where Brentford did things to us in that first half that pretty much no other team had done in terms of the volume. Brentford should have gone two or th- two or three nil up at half-time, and they didn't. He cast a great second half, and it was a great win, but. I definitely think there's something there. To your point about pace, I just think Livermendo, that's what they want him for. Yeah. I don't know whether he's going to play left back, I don't play right back, but they're not they aren't going to spend upwards of twenty five million quid on a player who is who's who's just going to sit on the bench. At least not long term. You know what I mean? Until Kieran Trippier retires or if he gets injured. I don't think that's the plan for him. I think I think there'll be far more interesting solutions to that conundrum should he sign. But I think I think that's the recognition is he's he's the man for the pace.
3: Thoughts? <laughs> It goes about how um, the, the team defend as a whole though as well, doesn't it? And like all the way through. And, and that was something that kept coming back in his interviews, how actually we defend as a team, you know, and actually Callum Wilson started the press at the very front or, you know, whoever's playing that central position. Um, I think Max Manguin, um probably helps that. I know he didn't start a lot of games uh, last season, but, um, you know, you've got more reliability on the likes of Barnes and Gordon at, even at the very front, to, to help support that i think our right side was definitely more secure um burn didn't always have that same support on the left-hand side of the field and i think that's probably where we'd see um, the difference uh, we've also got matt target there as well um you know and at some point he may come back in um but i just yeah i i i think yeah there is definitely a vulnerability there and um you know livermento is a, an upgrade on um on the squad that we've got
4: the um the pre-season game against chelsea if you were and willing to stay up for it, I think was a great example of where we we looked a, a vulnerable from from counters and pace. They were they were very quick. Some young lads there who basically on the halfway line ran straight past botman's ran straight past Burn, and there was a few occasions where we did look very very um at risk of, of conceding more goals. I mean, we finished in the end, you know, with a, with a well, I would say I thought we played better than they did overall, so maybe not a fair result for us, but. Um, I think it's, it's, it's how you manage your games and how you play. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to sub Botman out because there's another, because Lascelles can run the 100 meters slightly <laughs> quicker than him. So it, it's about how the players play how, how they play, how they stand. And I think you make a good point is how the team defend together as well. Leaving, fair enough, Dan Byrne has is is, is played very, very well as part of the best defensive team of the season. He's not very quick. Do you do you drop Botman? Do you drop Shaw or even you know look at Trippier? He's not a, a quick player. It's how do you help cover those players in games when they are taking on a, a slightly more place, pacey player? I like to think because it was a friendly against Chelsea, there wasn't as much right. You have to track back with him. You have to do this. The hope is that going into the season, Eddie Howe will be quite aware that we aren't the quickest defensively, and that if he needs Miggy or Barnes to stand at the back and chase back as well, that they'll they'll do that as a team.
2: Really interesting points. Really interesting points. And I obviously agree with you all. If Newcastle could just do the very, very straightforward thing of taking all of our advice, improving in every <laughs> single area, we'll win the league. On a se- more serious note, lads, i go back around the table like we did before, John, starting with you. After this conversation, do you feel any more
3: different? Do you, do you feel differently at all about how, you know, what constitutes success for Newcastle next season? Oh yeah, now I think we should win the league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, d- I do. I, I think um, there's a, if if those all those areas are addressed, I think yeah, there's definite you know there's definite improvement there. Um, I still think that six would be a successful season. I absolutely don't think that's how in, internally they're looking at it. Um, I think internally they absolutely want to be uh, qualifying for the Champions League next year, and if that means fifth or if that means they win the Europa League, you know that I think that that's what the the ultimate aim is uh, for them. But yeah, um, I still feel six would be a, a, a good season for us as long as we've had. Uh, some domestic and um, international cup success.
4: Yeah, it's it's a strange one because, as you say, it's it's. I'm still slightly living in the the past of Newcastle, having watched us being so useless for for a lot of years, and now all of a sudden we're we're playing really well, and we're, we've immediately, I think, overachieved the expectations of pretty much I would say most Newcastle fans, or every Newcastle fan, certainly myself. And to sit here and say we need to do this and do that, I think. Eddie Howe will, will have his chance. But for me, it's... I don't know if I'll be saying this, as I say, if I'm sat in, you know, the new camp going, Christ, would need to have this every single season, I think. To sit here before the season starts, it's easier to say it. But I, I look at next season, but I also look at the next five to ten years as part of the plan that everyone keeps talking about. And I'm not going to outstretch too quickly to say, if we don't do this, then it's it's bad. Because I know, and that this is what the beauty of where we are now with the new ownership is that I know that we will keep getting better. We might plateau for a season, we might even go down for a bit, but ultimately we're always going up. So I would agree that some form of European football to stick in would be a good season.
5: I am just really convinced that we shouldn't look past Champions League now. I really do. I think we achieved Champions League last season because that entire squad and the management believed that we could do that they all believed it and then it happened and it's backing their own ability and i think backing their own ability plus you know a few of the scattering of players new players that are coming in um players like anderson and, and, and and miley to a lesser extent but still other players that can come in and contribute and add depth to us i think we need to just ride this wave and be relentless and show everybody that we're not anomalous that we you know we have maintained this form for eighteen months. We can do it for another twelve months as well. This is who Newcastle United are now. We're a Champions League club. Come and try and beat us if you think you can. I don't think you can. Let's aim for Champions League. Let's go all the way.
2: Love it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm still. I'm still pretty sure of my conviction that Newcastle should improve next season and get close to that eighty point mark. And then. And then. Oh, my prediction ahead of last season. I didn't say Newcastle were going to finish for the Champions League. I said, I think they'll be in the conversation come the business end of the season. And as long as we're in that, that conversation again, March or April, then it's down to us, it's down to you. It's not like it's not like Liverpool last season where they left themselves so much to do that even a, they won six in a row or something before that draw with Villa, even, before, even if you're perfect, you, you still let yourself down. I think if you're in the conversation for the top three next season, top four, there's a chance that you can do even better. And Newcastle, if you look at last season, Newcastle was second after they beat Leicester on Boxing Day, albeit briefly. It's a fabulous position to be in, second in the league at that point. Couldn't sustain it for obvious reasons against who they were up against and two superior sides and Manchester City and Arsenal. But I'd love to put for, for us to put ourselves in a similar situation. I'm not saying we're going to challenge for the title, but I'm saying we're going to be we're going to be we might be second in the league further down the line, or we might be a bit closer to those sides at the top and to To the point about your point about European football, Robin. You know the, the ability is of the club to kind of roll with a punch of a bad season, a bit like what a lot of people think Liverpool will do this season. That's a good one because football is hard. The other teams are good. Other teams have got more money currently, so so to expect Newcastle United to consistently outperform them is so so difficult. So I I, I totally get it, and I think I think. I think your, your opinion actually is, is, is the majority one across the fan base. But then I also heed Adam's point that, you know, last time we dropped out of the Champions League, it took us 20 years to get back in. That won't happen this time because the points you made about where we are, I, I get that. But also, I just feel like, yeah, if we drop out of the Champions League in three, four, five, six, seven years' time, that then it, then it's easier to get back in and, and, and roll with that punch. Whereas now, if you let Liverpool back in ahead of you, if Chelsea come roaring back, if Villa continue to improve and we step off and we take a step back, then the following season to improve again, to be able to match them with the disparity, it just seems like a big ask. This is all hypothetical. We'll let the lads play some football first before (laughs) worrying too much about not qualifying for the Champions League because we're in it and that's the important thing. Thanks so much to you, lads. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to everyone who has listened. Um, me and the lads on this pod, we're gonna do a part two of this show because we ran out of time today. We're on 45 minutes without adverts at the time of recording. So we're doing have another 45 here. So we're gonna do a second part of this show on Patreon uh, looking at what Newcastle United to do off the pitch to improve this season. So get involved in Patreon, it's between three and eight pounds a month. We do about, I don't know, seven to ten extra podcasts a week. Uh, during the season, and it's about six to eight at the minute in the off season. So, if you want to get Newcastle United fix more regularly than this free show, come and join us on there. Come and stay us at the stand, tenth of August. Would love to see you there. Seven PM start. Door six thirty. Tickets uh, can be bought in a link that is in the description to this podcast. Speak to you all very soon. Bye bye.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?